0: hallelujah let's get in the word tonight amen last week we opened up a can (laughs) we opened up a can of purpose and i I tell you what i mean it, it just even this morning when i was here in morning prayer and i was praying i was just the thing that was just on my heart was i want people more than anything i don't want people to walk away and say how awesome the worship was and How awesome Pastor Mark is and how awesome the children's ministry is. Those things are great. But what I want more than anything is I want people to leave here with a greater sense of who they are and what they've been placed on this earth. You know that God created you with a purpose and for a purpose. He created you with a purpose. He had a purpose and a design in place when he put you on this earth. But then he also has something for you to do. And that's just awesome to think that the creator of the universe, I mean, there are over on the planet right now, over seven billion people that are living actively moving on this earth. And that's just who's on the earth right now. I mean, you think about all the generations of people that have gone on before us and every single person he knows by name has created them for a specific design and purpose. And the sad thing is, is most of them live by accident. See, accident is the opposite of purpose. If you don't believe in purpose, then you have to believe that you're just here by accident and nobody really knows you're here and nobody really knows why you're here and you're just here. And so you're not living by purpose, you're living on accident. And that's how the majority of people live. But I believe that this church is here, And and part of my purpose in life is to help other people understand their purpose in life. And so I want you to walk out of here every single service with a greater intensity of living. You know, there are people on this earth that are alive, but they're not living. There's a difference. There's a difference between living and not dying. (laughs) As... One of the quotes in one of my son's favorite movies is The Crudes. I don't know if any of y'all have seen it. Maybe your kids have seen it The Crudes. And the dad is so bent on just trying to stay alive that he's not really living. And his daughter shows it to him Dad, that wasn't living, that was just not dying. And there's a difference between survival mode. There's a difference between surviving and thriving. Okay? And God placed us here to do more than just try to not die every day. (laughs) You know? And and, and some people have, have such a small glimpse of purpose that they would rather just die. And that's sad. That's sad. Because God created us to do so much more. He created us to be influencers, not just be influenced all the time. God... Designed us to make an impact everywhere we go, every conversation we have. I mean, even just today, I, I got to have a conversation with, a, with a, a, a guy in the Air Force today and just moved here. And just, you know, every conversation, I mean, when I go to get a haircut, I don't go just to get a haircut. I go to have conversations with people and find out where people are at and, and how can I be a blessing to you today? How can my words be a blessing to you today? You know, and if it goes beyond that, if I need to help someone out financially, if I need to help someone out with something that I know or knowledge that I have or resources that I have, I mean, there's just more to life than just going here and going there and not ever making an impact on anybody. I mean, you can impact people at Walmart. You can impact people at Target. You impact people, you know, at your kids' sports games. You know, you're not just there watching your kid play. There are other parents surrounding you that need what you have. You know, but the problem is, is most of us never realize what we have to give. So no one else ever realizes what we have to give. And so that's what we've been talking about in this. I guess you can call it a series. I mean, I'm really on part two of giving it away. If I had to title it, Jimmy was asking me, what's the title? It's the same as last week, giving it away. Because I I really didn't finish where we were going last week. There's so much to say about giving it away because God placed us here. We saw that last week. We saw in Jeremiah chapter 1, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Thank God he knew us. Thank God he had a plan for us. But it went even beyond that. Not only did I know you, but I've ordained you and sanctified you for a specific work. So he knew you. He knew what you were going to do. And then he goes even further and says, I've given you everything you need to do what I've called you to do. Isn't that just awesome to know that God knew me? He knew what I was going to do. And then he resourced me with everything that I would need to do what he's called me to do. He knew that I would uh, need to sing songs that would bless people. So he gave me a voice. To sing, he knew that I would use uh, a musical ability to reach people. So he's given me that ability. He knew that I would, uh, you know, be able to influence people with businesses and leadership and and, and and finances. So he gave me ability to handle finances or start businesses or lead people. I mean, that's just how God designed us and put us in the earth. And so every single person has been placed in the earth not for yourself. But for someone else. That's the greatest impact that we will ever make, is not on your own life, but on somebody else's life. That's why we're here. We were not here to just make a paycheck, hopefully retire one day, have kids, give them a good life, buy the nice car, have a nice house, you know, and, and, and do all that for ourselves. We were place on this earth to make an impact on somebody else and what you're good at is your area of influence that defines your area of influence are you good at communicating are you good at talking are you the one that always breaks the ice in conversations then guess what your your area of influence is meeting new people and talking to people and and inviting people that's your area of influence well, you say, well, I'm kind of a shy person. I'm not the one to break conversation. I'm not the first one to open up. Well, then you're the one that you're probably a thinker and you have probably, you know, think things through before you just jump into things and you're not real spontaneous. But it's, everybody's got something, an area, an area of influence that you're going to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Everybody does. And so we've got to discover What that is, but until we really discover what that is, we'll never influence anybody. And and, and part of the the issue with people today is we're so inward focused that we can't be outward focused. You know, I made a statement on Sunday. We're talking about giving. And I, I truly believe that most people want to be generous people, even in the financial realm. But most of us are, are, are so focused on ourselves and just trying to get enough for ourselves that we never get in a position to be able to bless anybody else. But God designed us to be givers because he's a giver. It's part of our nature to give. It's part of our nature to give of ourselves and give away, even sacrificially, even when we have something that we could do for it, do with it. We, God wants us to be givers. And so we've got to look at this. God never asks for something he hasn't already given you. And, and I'll be honest with you. If you've gone to this church for any length of time. You've probably already begun to see God pull on you in different areas. Pull different gifts out of you. And you may have been reluctant to. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I know I've got a gift with children. but I just don't know if I want to. I just don't want to work in kids. I mean, it's just so draining. You know, I was praying this morning. I, I don't want to just fill seats. I prayed in almost every area of ministry this morning in morning prayer. I prayed for a bass player, because we don't have a bass player. I prayed for a worship pastor. I mean Chase is doing a phenomenal job, but his heart isn't to pastor through worship. You know, he's got a musical ability, but he just he wants he knows there's someone else out there that can lead worship and be the worship pastor and lead people into worship. I called in more singers. I called in a drummer. What do you need a drummer for? You're doing just fine. I don't want to do it. Now God's pulling on me to do it. Amen. But I know there's someone else out there that can play drums. I, play, I prayed in someone that can run sound, that has an ear for sound and knows how to, to, to move all those buttons around and just make musical magic back there. That guy's out there somewhere. I prayed in graphic designers. I prayed in uh, uh, more children's workers, lead teachers that can lead classes, that can write curriculum and develop that stuff. Amen. I, I called them all. I called in more businessmen that continue to funnel finances into this ministry. We've got several in this church that are doing that, that think with their business, what can I do with the, with the church? How can, that, how can this be a blessing? But there's more out there. There's more. I called in bookkeepers. I called in administrative people. I called in creative. I prayed them all in. Why? Because God has placed a gift and a talent and ability within them to bless people for the kingdom of God. Now, the thing is, is what God has given us isn't for us. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is for someone else. And so we saw in Matthew chapter 25 with the parable of the stewards uh, that what the master gave them, he intended for them to go use and bring in more. The deposit that has been made in you was an investment. God wasn't spending gifts in you. He was investing gifts in you. Which means that we ought to be, in turn, taking that and putting that in something. And we compared it to a tree. You know, the first thing you've got to realize is you're a tree. You are all trees in here. There is a forest of trees right here in this room right now. But it's not about the tree. The tree isn't about the tree. The tree is about the fruit that comes off of the tree. I know Brent back here, he's told me many times he hates pine trees because they don't produce nothing but mess. They produce a mess. (laughs) So just chop them down and we're going to look at useless trees because the last thing you want to be is a useless tree. You don't want to be a useless tree. Look at this in Matthew chapter 10. Verse eight. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Jesus is sending out his disciples and he makes this statement. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Now look at the next sentence. Freely you have received, freely give. He immediately ties you receiving something to giving something back. Giving something away. He doesn't just say freely you've received, so heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Those signs and wonders weren't for the disciples to make them look all awesome and cool. No, that was to give to someone else. I am depositing my spirit within you to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The way that you've received it is the way that you give it. But he immediately ties receiving something to now giving something. So we've got to understand that there is an investment that has been made in us, but that investment is to now be given away. Remember, we saw with the, uh, the lazy servant, the wicked servant, the master said this, that, uh, you know, you should have at least deposited it in the bank. So I would have received my own with interest because every day you don't use what God gave you for the purpose. He gave it to you for you are wasting the gift. You're he's losing money. Investors don't just see, you know, a million dollars. They see what a million dollars is capable of producing. And every day it's not being invested. It's losing money. How could a million dollars lose money? That's a large sum of money. But it could be more if you did with it properly. Worked with it properly. This is how investors think. This is how God thinks. God has placed gifts and talents and uh, and abilities in us. Different skills. We all have different assignments in life. But he didn't place them in there for you to just sit on it. He placed them in there so you could give it away and then increase what he gave you. And every day we're not using it to the ability that he, does. remember, he's the Lord, he's the master, we're stewards. So we use it how he tells us to use it. We got to get the word from him. We got to get the word from the king. Where do you want me to use this gift? How do you want me to use this gift? Why? Because he wants a return on the investment that he's placed in you. And we saw the masters coming back, coming back to take account. Take back into account. What did you do while I was gone? The five created ten. The two created four. But the one buried it. And he said, look, here master, you have yours. And the master wasn't upset that he lost the talent. He was upset that he didn't create more with the talent that he had. See, what you have is designed to reproduce. What you have is designed to bring more into the kingdom for God. And so this is what we have to see. And so we have to use it for the ability that he specifies. You know, every Hollywood singer and every entertainer and and all those people out there that look successful... They will have to give account for how they use the gift that God gave them. You realize that? You realize? Miley Cyrus will have to give an account because God gave her a voice and gave her a talent and gave her an ability to sing and to be an influencer. And she'll have to give an account. Justin Bieber's going to have to give an account. Yeah, Justin Bieber, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. Katy Perry, who used to be a gospel singer, knows the word, knows the word of faith. Her brother went to the Bible school I went to. She will have to give an account for why she's singing songs about what she's singing about. You have to give an account because I gave you the talent And now the master has arrived, and what have you done with my talent? Oh, you buried it. You lost me. I lost money on you. I invested, and you know, every investment comes with risk. But God's a risk taker. He sent his son Jesus with no guarantee that any of you would accept him. Any of us would believe on him and believe that he rose again from the from, you know, from the grave and that we would be able to be back in right standing with God once again. No guarantee. Why? Because he's a risk taker. But he knows if I don't sow a son, I won't get a son. So he sowed his only son and now he's reaping back a harvest of sons. Why? Because he's an investor. He thinks differently. When you realize what you have to give away, you're careful about what you're putting in. When you realize what's inside of you to give away to others, then you'll be careful about the environment you put yourself in. You can't just put a a seed in any kind of environment. I mean, Jesus proved that in uh, Matthew 13 with the parable of the sower. There's seed getting scattered all over the place. Some ended up on hard ground. Some ended up among thorns. Some uh, ended up in soil, but it wasn't able to take root. And then some ended up on good ground. So you got to understand that when it's being sown into you, then we have the responsibility of taking care of the environment that that seed is sown into. What, it, what kind of environment is your talent and your skill? What, what kind of environment are you keeping that in? What kind of environment are you keeping yourself in? You're a tree. You're a tree. But if we don't keep the right environment, then we won't produce what's inside of us. Look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. It's very profound what we're saying. its I know it may seem simple, but it's the, the simplicity of it, I don't want it to take away... From the profoundness of it, that we're talking about what God has placed inside of us is designed to be given away. What are we giving away? Who is taking of our fruit? Luke 6 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. A tree is identified by what it's giving away. The tree is identified. You don't have to put a sign on an apple tree that says, I'm an apple tree. The fruit that it's giving away identifies, I'm an apple tree. how many seeds started out as good seeds, but are now bad trees bearing bad fruit? Because we didn't take care of the environment. But every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns or gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what's going in is determining what's coming out. What's going in determines what's coming out. So, when we realize what we have to give away, we're careful about what we're putting in. Now look at Mark chapter 11. Because we're going to look at an actual story that took place and then pull the spiritual connection with it. In talking about trees and talking about fruit, a tree is known by its fruit. A tree is not known by its bark. A tree is not known by its leaves. A tree is not known by its branches. A tree is not known by its roots. A tree is known by its fruit. What it's producing that other people can take part of. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Says now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, speaking of Jesus and seeing from afar a fig tree. Having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but. Leaves. For it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you again. And here's what he's identifying. He's actually speaking of the nation of Israel. He's actually making a connection. And he's saying that the nation of Israel looks like they got it all together. But they're not producing any fruit. See, this fig tree and the way that fig trees were designed was that they would grow their leaves before they ever developed any kind of fruit. That's why it said it wasn't the season for figs, yet it still has leaves. It still looks like a tree. Still standing like a tree. Still sounds like a tree. It's got leaves on it. I mean, that's a tree. But Jesus says... If you're not producing anything for me that I can actually partake of because I'm hungry, you're worthless. You're useless. You're invaluable. Remember we said this last week, that a product is only as, value, is only as valuable as in what it gives away. I don't care how much money you spend on it. If you don't use it, it's not of any value to you, Period. It's just not. People spend money on all kinds of stuff that they don't use. All kinds of boats sitting in boatyards that they don't even touch because they're so wealthy, they don't even realize, well, they spent all this money on it, but they don't use it, so apparently it's not that valuable. And the the, the value is in how you use it and what it's producing for you. I said this last week, there are also some things that we have that we would have probably paid a higher dollar amount because it's that valuable to us. We would have paid more for it. And if we lost it, we would pay it over again. I'd pay it again because that's how valuable it is. I would pay what I paid originally for it. I'd pay double Because it's that valuable. The dollar amount doesn't determine how valuable it is. The use determines how valuable it is. And so Jesus comes up on a fig tree that looks like a fig tree, acts like a fig tree, has leaves, has branches, standing like a tree, but it does not have the fruit that a fig tree ought to have. What was Jesus looking for From this fig tree. What what kind of fruit? Figs. Very simple. He's looking for figs. And he doesn't find any. And a tree is known. By its fruit. Its value. Is determined. By what it produces. And so he says. Let no one. Eat fruit from you ever again. And in fact, if you go on down to verse 20, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. It happened. The very next morning, I mean, this thing began to wither. If you go to the account in Matthew chapter 21, it literally says that the tree began to wither immediately. And the disciples said, How come this tree is withering away so quickly? We cannot be useless Christians. We cannot be trees that are producing no fruit. The the thing is, again, the fruit is not for the tree. The fruit doesn't benefit the tree at all. The fruit benefits the one who takes from it. And when you take the fruit, you don't even think twice about the tree. We don't ever go and, you know, hug the tree and thank the tree and bow down to the tree. Oh, thank you so much for the fruit. What an awesome tree this is. No, you're talking about the fruit. Man, this thing tastes so good. It's juicy. I, it, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about fruit because I don't eat fruit. So <laughs> I don't like fruit. Whatever you all say about it, it's sugary, filling, plump. Huh? What's that? Cocoa. That comes on plants. That's about it. So whatever you say about fruit, that's what you're talking about. You're explaining and exclaiming about how awesome the tree, the, the fruit is. Not the tree. Not the tree. It's the fruit that people are after. People are after your fruit fruit but jesus is the picture of the world they're hungry and they're coming to us for fruit do we just look like a tree but not really producing anything or are we trees that are producing fruit in its season for people to partake of and receive life receive encouragement Are people able to receive life from you? Are people able to take of your fruit and walk away happy? Walk away encouraged? Walk away feeling fulfilled? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Because we are trees that ought to be bearing fruit. We can't just look productive. We have to be productive. Look at Luke chapter 13. Remember, everything that has been placed in you is there so you can give it away. Everything that's in you, everything that you have, everything that moves you, everything that that God has placed inside of you is there so you can give it away. What does that mean, give it away? That means be a blessing to somebody. Be a blessing to somebody. Luke chapter 13 verse 6 says this. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, great. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. I'm going to tell you right now, trees that do not bear fruit get chopped down. They get taken away. John chapter 15, you know, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, uh, I'm, I'm my, you know, uh, my father's the vine dresser, I'm the tree, you're the branch, stay connected to the tree, amen. And if you're not bearing fruit, you'll be cut off. If you are bearing fruit, you'll be trimmed down so that you can, what, bear more fruit. The goal is always to produce more results for the kingdom of God. But those that are not producing results for the kingdom of God, get cut down this is something that we in leadership like to call giving people rope because the gardener steps in and he says look just give it another year that's called giving people rope look you give people rope in leadership because they'll either pull themselves in or they'll hang themselves one or the other you give people rope. I give you rope. I'm giving you an opportunity to change. I'm giving you an opportunity to do something different. I'm giving you an opportunity to respond. And you'll either pull your, you'll either take that rope and pull yourself in, or you'll take that rope and you'll hang yourself. It'll be your demise. You'll be cut off. But unproductive trees do not stay. This. Phrase, use up the ground, is translated waste. Why does it waste the space on the earth that it's taking up right now? He's literally saying it's a waste to have this tree in this ground right here in this spot. It is using up the ground, it is wasting the space. I mean, the tree is still sucking up nutrients. It's still got roots buried deep into that soil, but yet not producing anything. We we cannot be those people in the kingdom of God. What God has placed in us is designed to be invested in somebody else. We've got to be bearing fruit. There should be results being produced. But Christians that are unproductive are just taking up space. Just taking up space. And That's why we say here, we're, we're not looking for people just to fill chairs. We're looking for doers. We're looking for people that want to serve in the kingdom of God, that want to apply, that want to be something and do something and help us reach people for the kingdom of God. We, we have to get out of this mentality of I'm just doing my religious service. I'm just going to church and, you know, I, I can say it. I went to church and I heard the pastor preach a good sermon and you know, I gave my tithe. I mean, there's people that give their tithe and offering just out of religious. And they give a lot of money just out of religious. I mean, that happened with Jesus. The Pharisees and Sadducees gave large amounts of money with the wrong heart, producing no results for the kingdom of God. That's waste. Unproductive Christians are wasting space, taking up space. Every believer should be giving something away. Look at Psalms chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 says, This blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. What's that? Watch your environment. Careful of your environment. A lot of times, we're just around people that are keeping us from producing fruit. We've got to be careful of our environment. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I had someone ask me, well, you know, I'm at this job, and I mean, everybody on my job cusses, man. I mean, every single person, they're just, they're just cussing all the time. I just feel like, you know, I feel like I'm just standing in the middle of, just surrounded by a bunch of devils. It's just so bad. You don't understand how bad it is. How, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to get away from that? I said, you can't. It's your job. You have to go to your job. And you're there to be an influence. You keep walking, you're walking. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. doesn't seem like I'm changing anything. But here's the thing that a lot of us forget. Is we don't counteract what we've got fed all day long at home. You just got fed all this cussing. You just got fed all these nasty jokes. That they're going to say them no matter what. no No matter... hey man I'm a Christian I don't really want to hear that and they don't care they're going to say it anyways you know sometimes you get around those people oh man I'm sorry that offends not offend you but you know then you just get around the people they just say well, I don't care you want to serve God that's great I'm going to keep living my life but then they get home and they don't do anything to counteract what they just listen to all day long you're not getting in the word you're not getting fed something that's going to build you up because you just got tore down for eight hours and now we get home and the first thing we do is turn the TV on First thing we do is get in an argument with our spouse. We're not do, we're not getting anything to counteract the stuff that we just got entrenched in all day long. And you've got to counteract that. What's he say here? You don't be around these people, but then your delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. He's in the word as much as he can. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What? Just to stand there and look good? No, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I'm convinced that if you will set your life to help other people with their problems, all your stuff will be taken care of. If you help other people get what they want, you will always have what you need. I'm convinced of that. Why? Because God designed us that way. God designed us to be a blessing to others. And he knows, I've got your back. I will take care of your stuff if you will take care of their stuff. People that are outward focused, I never hear them complain about money. People that are outward focused, I never hear them complain about depression or sad or anxiety or worry. People that are more concerned with how their brother's doing than how they're doing, I don't ever see them, you know, wondering how they're going to make it. I don't see that. Because I believe that there's a law in effect that if you'll take care of someone else's stuff, God will take care of your stuff. Look, he's not going to take you out of heaven put you on this earth that's a big mess, ask you to change everything around you, and then still have to fend for yourself. What did Jesus pray in John chapter 17? I don't pray that you take them out of the world. I pray that you keep them from the evil one. Because he's put you in the world, but you're not of the world. He placed you here to bring heaven to earth. The reason why your area, the reason why your job, the reason why your family, you think, the reason why your life seems like hell on earth is because you were designed to turn it into heaven. (laughs) Bottom line. The people that I know that are living heaven are the ones that are bringing heaven. The ones that are initiating heaven. The ones that are bringing heaven into the midst of the most hellish situations. We're surrounded by a world that's dying, that's lost, that's decaying right before our very eyes. Things are getting worse. Sin is getting worse. Things are falling apart. And we're not to stand around and pack our bags and and get ready to go to heaven. We're here to bring heaven to earth and change the very situations that are before us. And the exciting thing about it is that the reason that God placed you here is the purpose that he placed you here. And he's given you everything you need to fulfill your purpose. To be an influence. He's invested in you. So the question is, is what kind of return are we bringing on our investment? He's put five in your hand. He's put two in your hand. He may have just put one in your hand. But he's asking you to take that and invest it. Be a blessing. And he gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. He's the one that reaps where he hasn't scattered seed. He's the one that gets the return on the investments that we make day in and day out. Every conversation we have, every word we give somebody, every time we help a person in need, we're being a blessing. We're returning an investment. We're bringing a return on the investment that he's made in us. If we could just see what God has given us, if we could just see what God has put in us, if we could just see what God has invested in us and how valuable it is. It's valuable to him. We need to see how valuable it is to him. Because then we would work that hard to make sure it's reaping and returning. See, what we devalue, he values I, don't, I really can't sing. I don't really have that great of a voice. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not that great with kids, you know. I mean, I just don't really have that. And we devalue it, but God's drawing on it. God's drawing on it. He's drawing on that investment that he's placed in and said, man, put it in a place where it can return to me an investment. $1,000, it's just a $1,000. It's not going to change anything. No, he values that. He's invested it in you so that you could go and bring a return on the investment for the kingdom of God. We've all got something to give away. Amen? Father, I thank you tonight that you have made such a great and valuable investment within us. I thank you that you have placed within us such greatness. Father, even when we don't even when we don't see the greatness, even when we don't see all that you have placed inside of us and the value of it, Father, you still value what's inside of us. We may see a small business, but you see it bigger. You may see a small area of influence, but you see it bigger. You may see a small church, but we may see a small church, but you see it bigger. Father, help us see those things that you have placed in our hands. Help us see them the way that you see them. Help us value them the way that you value them. Help us place value on the very things that you have placed within our hands. And Father, get us in positions to give it away. Father, I pray over even the rest of this week that we begin to find ourselves in positions to give away what you've placed inside of us. Put us in front of people. Help us make contact with people where we can give away the investment that you've placed in us so that we can bring a return for your glory, for your praise. We don't want to be unproductive. We don't want to just be taking up space. We don't want to be wasting That which you have placed inside of us. We want to use every gift, every talent, every skill, every contact, every relationship, every dollar. For the kingdom of God. We thank you for that tonight in Jesus name and all God's people said.